and welcome to the Kick-Ass Conferences talk show. I'm Nessa Jimenez. I'm the operations manager for Kick-Ass Conferences. And I'm Isaac Watson, executive producer at Kick-Ass Conferences. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So today's topic, we're going to start with, I think, like the very basics, the very essential. Um, today's topic is why should you host the conference? Um, and that's a great question. <laughs> so why don't we jump right into it? Um, guess let's go first into what are your general thoughts of like why host the conference why an event i think the the why question is always a good place to start for an individual who's thinking about it like why do you really want to bring people together into an environment into an experience um, a lot of people who organize communities or uh, are leaders in a particular space like the idea of bringing together their audience uh, under some sort of shared you know theme or purpose uh, mm -hmm. as a way to to kind of develop those relationships and take them a little bit deeper and uh have something kind of intense even mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh and and do something new and different than just you know a forum or a newsletter or things like that yeah so that's a that's a good place to start like the purpose of the purpose so the why so why do it is like okay so what's the reason for it right like what why um i guess you'd even say like what's the message or like what are you trying to get out there right yeah exactly like what what is the whole reason why somebody would want to actually meet you as an organizer or meet other people in your community um what is that draw that's going to bring them there because if you can't identify what that is then you can't really build something around that yeah and it's something we've seen before right where people they want to do an event and then you ask them okay why and it and there's like this moment where they're like uh <laughs> Like, I haven't really thought of it, or I kind of sort of have an idea, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, it's it's so funny because the there's um I, I run into this time and time again where people kind of think that a conference is uh, the next natural step for um for you know whatever it is they're doing, but it's their marketing plan, maybe it's their business growth, whatever that is. Uh, but they haven't really stopped to think about why do it in the first place or question that. Um, and so I start asking those questions and they're like, well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, if you don't know that reason, then, no. um, then it can be, it can be challenging to move forward from there. Yeah. And because my competitor did it, like, that's not a good reason, right? right. Like that's never good. Like <laughs> monkey see monkey do that doesn't work, especially with like, cause you don't know what your, what your competitions, uh, uh reasoning is behind anything right like okay they're doing it and it seems cool but what's more important is like okay what what do we need to get from this right right and i think that in some cases you don't you also don't know what your competition has done to get there yeah, um you know what groundwork have they laid because you know if if conferences uh from our perspective are very community forward um, and that community could be uh you know a, a group of users of your product the community could be um a uh, an audience around a shared in interest uh, around a movement a cause whatever that is um, there's a lot of groundwork that needs to be laid in order to convince that community that the next step is to gather together uh, and in an event format. And the uh, that groundwork is often ignored and 
if you like, you can try and host a conference if you want, sure. uh, without <laughs> doing that, but you're, that's an uphill battle because you have to do all of the groundwork and then also market the conference on top of that. Yeah. And you're already, you're already starting at a disadvantage. Like instead of starting at zero, you're like at negative 10. It's like, don't do yourself a favor, right? Like don't, yeah. don't make, don't make it hard mode <laughs> right? When from the beginning. Right. Um, yeah. So why don't we get into that then of like the different kinds of reasons that someone could want to host a conference. Like, I think that, that, I think breaking it down like that could make it very clear. Like what are the different kind of categories that we tend to find people fall into? Sure. I think that there are, I, I don't know how many there are off the top of my head, but um, there, there are some common ones that, that our clients tend to, to come forward with one uh i mentioned this already the user group um Mm -hmm. you know if you if you build a uh software product or an app or a tool of some sort or a system that has a lot of users generated around it um that that group of users can often form a community especially if there's an open forum if there's um a training process things like that i I think if i wanted to give some concrete examples i think of like people who use notion for example notion Mm -hmm. is a is a very very robust uh tool database tool that a lot of people use and there are a lot of different ways to use and you have people who have started um you know, training other people on how to use it. You have template uh, community, uh, you know, experts and uh, and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of like a ripe community connection that um, mm-hmm. that or that's a community that's ripe for a conference type of connection. Another example would be uh, something more cause oriented. Uh, so you have, uh, you know, maybe a community of people, a grassroots group focused on pushing for change within a particular industry or within um, a particular social justice. Social issue. justice. Yeah, of course. Anti-racism, um, all that kind and of stuff. All of that kind of stuff. Those, those are the types of shared interests and causes that are really uh, that are really valuable and important to the community, and so hosting a conference centered around that can be a great way to bring those people together to contribute to either uh, problem solving or leadership or um, sharing their own expertise or their own experiences in a way that helps move that cause or that. Um, that interest forward uh, more quickly than just having conversations about it. Yeah. It's like, like advocacy, right? It, yeah. It's, and, and even with these two, like I can already identify the different type of people, like in a user group, for example, notion, like there are people that identify themselves as fans of notion. Right. Yes. But for the cause oriented, you wouldn't say I'm a fan of anti-racism, right? Like, no, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm an activist. <laughs> I'm an advocate. I'm an ally. Right. You're so fighting for anti-racism. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I think that helps as well. Talking about like, okay, who are the people that are going to the thing? Right. Yes. If it's yes, a, absolutely. if it's a fan, it's probably not uh, a cause. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Like how do you describe your community members? I think yeah. that's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, the other uh, kind of category that I was thinking of was more professional development oriented. So we see communities who uh, gather together out of um, 
a, a sense of mentorship, out of a sense of um, kind of industry support, uh, where having a conference around a particular um you know, whether that's emerging professionals in a particular field or um, you may have a, you know, a, a, a subset of the design industry, for example, that comes together to talk about the things that they do at work and how they do that. So um, that kind of professional development or industry-based audience or community is also a good example of uh, a type of community that I would say is different than a user group or um, a a cause-oriented community or an advocacy group where you can still hold a conference around that particular industry in a way that's beneficial to them. Mm -hmm. And you can even talk like... um education like like the when people think conference that's kind of the stereotype this last group of what people think of like i have to go because i have to get the education credits right Mm -hmm. like i have Mm -hmm. to do because the law says i need to go to x amount every year yeah so that that's definitely you're more likely to go there for like professional networking and like um what's the word certifications things like that so that that's more of like a student co-worker education type of thing yes cool so we've already talked a little bit of like why um so to sum it up we've talked about like purpose right like you have a reason there's a message there's something you want to get out there there's something you want to speak of is there any other types that that you would want to mention because i'm thinking about products like what if you have something to sell right yeah i think that sales when you when you think about organizing something like this there like you have to think about what your goals are like what what's the whole point of like what do you hope to achieve by doing this um and sales could certainly be part of that mm-hmm. but i feel pretty strongly that if your sole purpose is to pitch who's attending on buying your latest greatest thing or um, somehow giving you more money, then that's going to come across really disingenuous. It's going to be very transparent for the people attending like, oh, this is just a sales pitch. You might as well be going to, uh, you know, a a free webinar where you get pitched on buying the book and the training program in the end, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I wish that those had gone away (laughs) in the 80s and 90s, but they have not. Um, So don't do that. But (laughs) timeshares, that's another one, the timeshares. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no one actually wants to go to the thing to learn about the timeshare. They no, just want no. the free lunch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so don't do that. Um, however, I think that there is a valid place for marketing from a more uh, indirect standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You take. Let's go back to the user group example. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say you um, you have this software tool. You have a broad user base. Um, we see this from big tech companies all the way down to little ones that mm-hmm. there's usually some sort of event convened around a product launch, new features, things like that. But um, the intent beyond that is not necessarily to sell directly what they are 
what they are announcing, it is to help the community learn and understand from what's coming to give them the tools they need to continue using it um, and to get them excited and to help them become advocates for your product more than give us more money. Yeah, uh, yeah. An example of that would be Adobe Max. Like Adobe Max, they've announced uh, this year. Um, they did it last year online. Um, yeah, and it's all done with Adobe. There's Adobe branding everywhere, but it's they're not literally saying like buy Adobe. <laughs> right. right. They, they they don't you know send you a follow up email at the end and say so you want to renew your creative class. Yeah, subscription? exactly. Right? Like exactly. That's not, that's not how it works. It's they're there about saying hey look at all this exciting stuff we've done. We want to teach you how powerful it is, how you can use it. We want to show off some really fantastic mm-hmm. creative projects. Um, bring these artists to the stage. All that kind of stuff. Uh, to support the product that they sell, but without literally selling it to you as Mm -hmm. part of the event. And that works so much better than doing like the hard pitch of like, buy my stuff. It's, 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 yeah, it doesn't work. Like, why do people keep doing it, Isaac? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think some, uh, some of it is ego. Um, And, and that's not to say that, that all ego is bad, but um, those people who are so, you know, full of themselves or their business um, tend to think that, you know, that people are going to be clamoring for what's new and what's next and that this is the perfect opportunity to capture their attention and to uh, you know keep your business running out of it and I think if you step back and take it remove yourself from it um, and even to some extent remove your product from it or your service and say what does this actually what does this community actually need I think you're going to be far better off because then you can think about okay you know oh Let's go back to the Notion users example. These people need to know how to better use the tool. What are the, like, there are some brilliant people that have done some incredible things mm-hmm. with our software. Let's show that off. Let's showcase community members and what they have done to help reinforce the possibilities and the robustness of what we've created rather than saying, go tell five of your friends that we should, that they should come and, you know, sign, sign up for a free trial. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. And you, you already, so you already started a- answering my next question because I wanted to flip it over and ask like, okay, why not host a conference? And you've already mentioned two. So the first one is sales. Like if you're just trying to sell your stuff, maybe not the best choice. And the second is ego where it's like, like it's all about me and how cool I am and check me out. Um, any other like big reasons that we've told people like, oh, it might not be right for you. Um, some of, I would say that some of them are even as simple as um, logistical like timelines. Yeah. Like you cannot throw a first time conference together in three weeks Mm-hmm. Uh, or three months even, you know, it takes a lot longer to do that. Um, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, if you haven't laid that community groundwork, yeah. you should probably think about doing that first. Yeah. Uh, because if you don't, if you don't have a community that's primed to attend something like this, then you have to then go out and find that community, exactly. or build that community exactly. and then get them to attend. So, yeah. And then convince um, them to, to join. And it's, it's like, yeah, you're trying to do years of work in like two months. So it's not, it's not great. It's not the smartest yes. thing. And Notion's a great example because 
there are people that like advocate for Notion and they don't work for them. They're just like super fans. Like people have websites about the things they've made and they're like, you know, like super excited about it. Um, so if you take away the like Adobe for if Adobe doesn't do the conference, there's still a Adobe community. With Notion, there's I don't know if they've done a conference, but there's still a Notion community out there, right? Right. So if you're coming in and saying I want a conference, but there's no community to present that to, yeah, not not the right choice. So yeah, I, I think that's one of the keys is you, you're not building a community in order to host a conference, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and you're not hosting a conference in order to build a community. The two go hand in hand. Um, yeah. You you cannot have a conference without a community, and a community does not galvanize around purely a conference. There has to be something else there. Okay. And logistics also, I mean, budget, like that's just another hard fact of life. Like if you don't have the money for it, um, you don't have any type of idea of what goes into it in terms of money. That's another reason to really think about like, maybe my business can't sustain this yet. Can you tell us more about that side of it? Yeah, I think that it's... <laughs> Uh, in a lot of ways, I, I, I tell people this all the time, running a conference or organizing a conference is very much like running an entirely different business mm -hmm. from what you currently have. You're setting up something from scratch. Um, it's going to require some investment, even if you go super DIY with it and, you know, put in the the elbow grease and, and the sweat equity, um, it's going to take either, either a significant investment of time or a significant investment of money. Um, so you have to have a really good understanding of how much it's may seem a little weird, but like, what is an individual member of your community worth to you in dollars? Um, and, and how, how much do you want to bring, like, how much would you pay them to come and attend your conference? Think about it. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, and, and maybe that's a little weird. Um, mm -hmm. but if you don't, if you don't have a way of identifying like how valuable your community is to you in terms of your company's bottom line, mm -hmm. then it's going to be really hard to craft something, uh, and justify the, the expenses that come with running an event. And, you know, we're, we're still dealing with pandemic times right now, but, um, at some point we're going to get back to gathering in person. And when you do so, there's a lot of, there are a lot of costs at play, whether that's a venue, uh, catering, uh, AV costs, all that kind of stuff can be a lot. We, you know, our general rule of thumb for the projects that we work on is that if you want to gather, a, you know, 100 or 150 people together, you should start thinking in terms of 100 to $150 a head. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And that adds up really, really, really quickly when it comes to producing the event. The, um, the, and I think the, the other piece of that is you don't want to put a direct ROI metric on the attendance of your conference. This goes back to the sales conversation mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. the conference is about deepening the connection you have your, with your community and allowing them to deepen the connections with other community members. It's not about delivering dollars to your bank account. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have to, in a lot of ways, be willing to, um, you know, 
take the hit, so to speak, mm -hmm. on the finances if you want to make this successful. Um, and if you're willing to accept that risk, there are ways to offset it through ticket sales and sponsorships and things like that. But if you're not willing to to lose everything that um, that you're going to invest into the event throughout the process, especially as a first time, mm -hmm. then you should probably reconsider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially going into the first year, uh, like you mentioned earlier, it's you're creating a new brand within your business. And businesses don't, you know, uh, there's a loss at the beginning, right? And until so you start to, to build that profit. So going into it realistically, like, okay, I'm going to do this conference this year, I'm probably going to lose money. Right. Yeah. Like I'm probably yeah. not going to make a profit, but can I sustain that? And do I want to keep this going? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, a conversation we have time and time again with first time conference organizers is, uh, you know, how, what are your budget goals? And time and time again, they'll say, well, I want to break even. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. to me says i don't want to put any skin in the game yeah or to me it's it's like okay i just want money and i think that this is a product that i can get money out of like a, a get rich quick type of thing and it's like no that's that's not how it works yeah. yeah so i usually counter with okay and if we're not able to break even how much are you willing to invest mm -hmm. if we end up in the hole what's your limit <laughs> and if that amount is you know anything less than $50,000 or something like that, I, mm -hmm. I would seriously uh, warn them to reconsider because it's when you're starting something like this, you have to invest in, in your community. Otherwise it's going to show that you're just trying to skate by and, and go through the motions. Yeah. And it, it's not enough to say, I want to make money, which is the whole topic of this episode, right? Like, why do you want to do it? If it's just for money, you might, there are other ways to make money. Like, let's be honest, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> you would, I, I guarantee you, you would be better off developing a new feature or a new service package or a new product or whatever that is. You would end up investing less in that and launching it and making more money than you would off a conference. Conferences don't make money. Cool. Okay. So let's, let's, with the last couple of minutes we have, let's try to wrap this up in a bow, right? Some bullet points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why would you host a conference? So we already talked about like purpose, right? You want to share a message. What else? Uh, you want to share a message, you want to bring a community together uh, around a shared purpose and deepen the connection with them. Uh, some of the other reasons would be to further progress toward a cause conferences, like one thing about bringing communities together like this is that you get amazing group think mm -hmm. and that like the energy that develops out of, out of these groups is really, really palpable and you, and it's really powerful. Um, so if you want to like go next level or make progress on something, uh, especially if you're working on advocacy or any kind of cause worthy of time, um, that's a great way to do it. Absolutely. Okay. So thank you so much, Isaac, for that. I hope everyone found this conversation helpful. You can find us at kickassconf.com. All of our links are there, all on the web. We also publish blog posts via LinkedIn, which I will also be sharing the links everywhere. And yeah, we'll see you next time, everyone. Bye. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. <laughs>